Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Right Way Podcast. Uh, Rhea and I are super excited today. We had the opportunity to sit down with a very special guest, um, writer and uh, the founder and creative director of Boone Oakley Advertising in Charlotte, Mr. David Oakley. Um, it was so a great, incredible. what a great conversation um, you're about to hear. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, so in the advertising world, he's a bit of a legend. He's worked with the, he lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, but he's worked with the Charlotte Hornets, CarMax, Mellow Mushroom, MTV, Outer Banks, Bojangles. Um, he famously came up with the it's bow time <laughs> for Bojangles. Yes. For Bojangles. Uh, yeah, exactly. And inducted into the North Carolina Media and Journalism Hall of Fame. Absolutely. And he's the author of two books, but he actually ended up self-publishing both of those books and really gets into into today his entire process and, and why he chose to go that route. He's an amazing um, writer with a very humorous slant, as you can tell. And we just learned so much from him, especially about the self-publishing industry. For those who are really contemplating going that route, David really takes us on a journey um, through his path to publication and really offers a different perspective than the traditional publishing route. And uh, could not recommend his books more. Um, Why Is Your Name Upside Down is a collection of stories about his life in advertising, but uh, Nobody Eats Parsley and Other Things I Learned From My Family so is good. a really great humorous collection of stories about his family. And both are available on Amazon. Uh, and we really recommend picking them up. They're just a great, great, fun and funny Absolutely. read. Absolutely. So enjoy today's podcast with David Oakley. Hey guys, this is Joe. I just wanted to cut in here live pre-recorded from the post edit of this episode that you're currently listening to. It's all very complicated to address what you will recognize as a sound glitch for about the first three minutes of this interview. Uh, it did make the recording. We weren't able to catch it in time um, until mid-interview, mid and after that we were able to address it. Tried to calibrate um, these first three minutes as best we could, but it is there, and we absolutely did not want to lose a single precious moment of uh, what David had to offer and what David was saying, so we wanted to preserve as much of the interview in its entirety um, without rescheduling, re-recording, and putting uh, this glorious episode off any longer than it needed to be. In a couple of minutes, I'm going to address a technical difficulty and a brief pause, and then we are going to move right on with the remainder of the interview. Uh, sound glitch-free. Thanks so much for listening. You're just going to love the rest of this episode. Um, David Oakley is a treasure and uh, should be regarded as such. Thanks. Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. Hi guys, welcome back to another Right Way podcast. Today we have a very special guest, David Oakley. David, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me on, Maria and Joe. I'm very, very excited to be here this morning. As oh, are so we. Yeah, definitely. So for those who don't know you, you are a self-published author of two books, Why Is Your Name Upside Down, which is a collection of short stories about your life in advertising, and then more recently, 
Uh, Nobody Eats Parsley and Other Things I Learned from My Family, which I love that title. (laughs) And it's a collection of stories about your family. Um, And you are a total advertising legend and have been inducted into the North Carolina Media and Journalism Hall of Fame. So you have such an interesting background um, just with writing and advertising, but can you tell us a little bit how your advertising career has informed your writing career, if at all? Uh, advertising, I think, taught me as an advertising writer, as a copywriter, that's what I started out with, writing copy and print ads and things, and then moving on to writing scripts and, and, and different short form videos, et cetera. But it really taught me to be very succinct in my writing and try yeah. to get a story told really quickly. And a lot of, you know, you have to tell a story in 30 seconds to do a great TV spot. And, and I think that really helped the way I write. I, or maybe it hurt it. I don't know. We'll no, see. actually, when I was reading your, you know, Nobody Eats Parsley, that was the thing that I loved so much is just these kind of like short little essays and, and you know, not really even chapters. But I love that because I think, unfortunately, our attention spans are shorter than ever before. But I think it's, I think it's so much harder to tell something in just like a page or half a page. So you can tell that you're very practiced at that. And I think it's such a a breath of fresh air from, from what you're usually reading. Oh my God. It's so funny. I'm just going to say, it's so funny that you say that because I think of it as being the total opposite because I don't have the attention span to write anything longer than like two (laughs) or three pages. (laughs) Well, I don't think you need it though. (laughs) I mean, I think it works for you. I think that's kind of like your signature thing. So I'd I'd say stick with it. Quick pause for technical difficulties. We were just talking about how um, kind of poignant and how uh, the economy of language use in advertising, it really does. I really agree that it does. It works so well. Let's uh, let's talk for a minute about, um, obviously you have this whole uh, incredible background in, in, in the advertising industry, but let's, let's talk about, um, your, your life of writing and your work writing and your path to publication. Um, when you, when you first wrote, uh, uh, when you wrote your first book, did you try to get an agent? Uh, did you, did you ever think about going the traditional publishing route or did you know right off the bat that you wanted to self-publish? No, that's a great question as well. It, It was a, it was an interesting process because, I wasn't really that aware of the self-publishing mm-hmm. um, route to go at, you know, I, I didn't know anything about the publishing industry. And I, you know, I mean, I, I'd been a writer in the ad business for, you know, for 25 years and, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to tell some stories and really fun things that had happened along the way. And I just wanted to share that. I found myself telling these stories at, at, like on a shoot or like at dinner or whatever. And I decided to, you know, I wanted to kind of bring them together. I did work with it. I went and met with an editor, a friend of mine who's become a really good friend here in Charlotte. And we talked about how to do it. And she said, um, you know, we'll just start writing and we'll, we'll, we'll maybe get you, we'll, we'll contact an agent and we'll look for some agents and then maybe we'll get a, get a publisher involved. And we, we did the quick, I guess it's called a query letter. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember how I did it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we we talked, we we got some interest from several agents, and we actually had two agents that were like ready to um, represent me. And I actually picked one and mm-hmm. worked with her on like contacting um, uh, publishing houses and sending mm-hmm. the whole like proposal to them about what the book was about. And we got interest from two different um, companies who wanted really liked the writing like the advertising background um, 
and because I was like a creative director, writer in, in advertising, I had done a lot of um, really interesting um, work in, in this field. They wanted me to, to change what I was doing and write kind of a how-to book, which yep. was, which was um, how to do breakthrough advertising in 10 steps or how to be super creative in five easy ways. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, um, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know how to. I don't. There's no secret formula for it, and I just didn't. I didn't want to write a book like that, and that's the kind of interest that I got from publishing companies mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning with. And I, I was just like, you know what? All I want to do is write these like fun little stories, and if nothing else, I'll have a, a record of them that I can share with um yes my family. That's sure. really it, and that's oh how God, I started. I love that. I love that. I mean, I think that is so inspiring and motivational for so many of our listeners and people who want to write books because, you know, 80% of people want to write books. They want to get that book deal. There's something just coveted about being traditionally published. But I always say your work is going to have to change significantly, sometimes in ways that you're not going to be willing to compromise. And I love that you really kind of stuck to your guns that way. Uh, Cause I don't feel a lot of people do when, when offered something like that. So I think that's amazing. Um, and, and because we get so many people who are trying to decide between self-publishing, hybrid publishing, traditional publishing, can you kind of take us through that process on once you decided to self-publish what the actual steps were? Because I feel like that's where so many people get very overwhelmed and they just don't know what to do or where to start. Uh, that for me, probably the best thing that I ever did was work with a great editor and an editor that you really trust and that yes. you can, that will. Thank not, you. <laughs> yes. I mean, we say that all the time. Really? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you have to have someone that will call bullshit on you and tell you yep. and not be afraid to tell you that that story sucks or yep. you can't, you can't publish that story. It's like ridiculous. It's, it's, um, or, I mean, not, I don't, I'm not saying that you have to have an editor that tells you no all the time. You also wanted an editor that actually, for me, as someone who tries to write, tries to write funny, um, quote unquote, um, you have to have an editor that kind of gets your sense of humor and will tell you if it's not funny or say, why don't you look at this? Or why don't you like, what if you had, you know, I know this is the way it actually happened, but what if someone else was in that room and they said this? And you're like, oh my gosh, because it's just, it's just another creative partner. That really worked with me to have someone that I could bounce the ideas off for the stories and yeah. that, that could actually plus the stories a little bit. And oddly yeah. enough, that's how you work in advertising. I mean, you work with a mm -hmm. writer, works with a totally. and you collaborate. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm, so, I'm so like, I got, I got warm hearing you say that because it, like, as Ooh. Rhea said, it is something we, <laughs> right? I did get, I got a little warm. Uh, it is something that we talk about a lot and you know, you're, you're right. I've, I've freelanced in marketing uh, quite a bit in my career as well. And yeah. I, you, you, nothing goes anywhere. The process does not proceed without other eyes being on the work. It's, yep. it's such an important component. And I'm surprised at how many writers, particularly who who work and self promote, who 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 self publish or, or traditionally publish, are are really hesitant to the idea, are really resistant to the idea of, of an outside editor. Well, we you know, about the thing about it is, it's so personal. What you're writing yeah. is so personal. No, that's and true. It's hard to it's hard to let go of stuff, but you've got to have. I think you have to have very 
thick skin and you've got to be able to let like criticism and stuff roll off your back really easily. And that's, I don't know. I mean, very easy to say because I mean, I, you know, sure. we're all like insecure writers. I am. I'm like, well, I hope they like it, you know, but I'm sure coming from advertising, you're, you're no stranger to, I mean, you're obviously like that happens all the time. Ideas getting either tabled, shot down, whatever, yeah. um, or, or, or copy getting marked up. Um, so maybe you were, you were, you were well prepared for, for that kind of collaborative, uh, Oh my God, you're absolutely right. So much of my stuff has been killed over the years in advertising <laughs> by clients, creative directors, by wives of wives of clients, husbands of yeah. clients. All I mean, you you name it. My my work has been killed in a lot of different ways. But anyway, oh, yeah. So um, so once you once you found an editor and found that creative partner, then what did you do in terms of get you know getting your book out there? Um. Do you mean once once I got I, I just went back and started writing and I, I would I would write chapter I mean I would write stories and I would put stories together and the thing the really hardest thing for me is um, having discipline to do it and yeah. I think Betsy Betsy Thorpe the, the editor that I've worked with really gave me deadlines and I said okay okay it's you know it's March first on April fifteenth I need yeah. I want five stories from you. And I, I want that. five stories and it'll take me two weeks to go through it and do, do them. And while I'm going through and, and look, I want you to write another one. And she was pretty like tough on me about that and, and pushing me. And that's what I wanted because I mean, if I don't have a deadline, I don't do shit. Yeah, mm. completely. Mm -hmm. I mean, we totally. talk about that a lot, actually, yeah. Joe and I were just talking about that when, yeah, you don't have, even if it's a self-imposed deadline, it's it's so hard to sit down and get it done for some strange reason. In this profession, I feel like more than any other, um, like how many writers resist writing? It's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, you just reminded me of something I haven't thought about in a while, but I don't think I've ever told anybody this, maybe. But one of the best places for me to write, and yeah. this, is, this is a weird thing, it's like I used to I travel a lot. I used to travel a lot. In advertising, I say used to before COVID. Yeah, you know, and I was on a yeah. plane like at least twice a week. I was plane. going somewhere. Yeah, yep. so yeah. I would. I always made a pact with myself when I'm on a plane, never to get Wi-Fi. Yes. So when you're in your seat and you have no distractions and you you put your headphones on and you just write for an hour and a half or ever how long the flight is, and I, I would great. make I would make myself do that. What and, a great deal to make with yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, it's funny because someone said. You know, you could very easily do that without being on a flight, Dave. You could just like, go upstairs <laughs> and you know, just just say I'm not going to have internet for an hour and a half. And I'm like, I, no, I, can't I, do, I can't do that. I <laughs> knew a writer. Uh, I knew a writer in Chicago who his home, his office computer. Um, he bought an old office computer, and the only thing that it would support was a word processor. So that when he sat down to the computer, the only thing that that computer did. Was Microsoft Word, so he he honestly couldn't do anything else on That's him I want. on it to keep himself distracted. That's genius. I, th I think this this brings up another good question that we were going to kind of get to uh, bring up later, uh, but about your your writing process. I love uh, in the in the introduction to Nobody Eats Parsley, you mentioned <laughs> your your. Um, Wait, I love that you guys actually read it. <laughs> You're I like, oh my God. I, as I was reading it, I was like. This oh my god awesome. yeah like, why is this not everywhere um i mean but but I, again, oh, go ahead joe no yeah um i uh what were you gonna say ray about the book though no that it was just i mean it, it's so digestible and so yeah. relatable and i i mean i 
and unbelievably easy to read it's so well and it's edited it's edited really well i mean you can tell that you definitely invested um in that relationship because the writing is so clean well thank you very much if you guys have a way to get it distributed more please tell me <laughs> well, we can, we'll definitely talk about that next, but yeah. uh, I'm just curious about how you refer to yourself as a collector and how you collected the writing. Yes. yes. Does that inform your, your writing, your writing process uh, at all? Or is, is that sort of a, a description of how, how you do write? Can you talk a little bit about your process? Well, when you talk about collecting things, I talk about how, like how in my life, I'm kind of like obsessive about stuff and I have collected paint by numbers and I've collected autographs and I've collected, I mean, you could just almost name it and, and, and that I've probably got a stupid collection of somewhere. And, you know, um, but one of the things about the stories is like, I collect pieces of things in life that I think are funny. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm on a bocce team right now. Well, not now. It is every, everything is like, everything is like shut down for COVID right now. But you yeah. know, I was on a bocce team last fall and all the things that happened with the, all we did was like four guys who got together because we said, Hey, there's this bocce league on Thursday night. Do you know how to play bocce? I'm like, no, well, it's at town brewing. You could, let's go there and, and um, we can play bocce and it'll just be an excuse for us to the four of us to get together or the five of us to get together and drink beer on Thursday night. So I'm like, okay, sounds good. By the second night of doing it, we all went into Uber competitive modes and we're like all about it. We're these guys in our early fifties who are playing against these people in, in their twenties. So long, I mean, but basically what I'm saying is like, there are parts of that that I know that I'm going to write a story about and I haven't done it yet, but I collect yeah. pieces of things that happen in life. I might go to lunch today and there may be something that happens at the deli that makes me laugh and it might end up becoming a part of another story. So you kind of collect these things and then weave them all together. Love right. it. Love so it. once you, once you actually had your first collection done, it's ready to go, it's edited. Can you talk about who you used to self-publish? Like what process you went through? Did you hire a designer? Because again, I think that's where People get really overwhelmed. There are a bunch of different companies to choose from. They don't know how much it costs. They don't know if they need outside help. Um, but just really walk us through <laughs> your next steps. Oh my God. It's like, what is, what is it? Post-traumatic stress to get yeah. this right now? It's obviously PTSD, baby. PTSD, exactly. That's exactly it. It's funny that you say that because when I got to, to doing, you know, Nobody Eats Parsley, it had been like four years since I had um, done the first book, Why Is Your Name Upside yeah. Down? And I was like, okay, how did I do this? And mm -hmm. I, I was like, how did I do it? How did, what was the process for self-publishing? And I couldn't freaking remember. I'm God, like, I feel minute. like that. Traditional publisher or, you know, authors feel like that too. Like every single time I'm like, wait, how does this work? What do we do? What's going on? Oh, um, thank God. It's like yeah. that for you too. I was like, like childbirth, you forget it. You like block it out because it is so traumatic. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, just a blank space, amnesia. Yeah. yeah it, it, and you just have to block it out. But, 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 but finally I remembered how it was. And I'll tell you what, um, I guess... I guess the hardest thing was, um, well, you know, the first thing we, you know, was working with um, the editor to get it edited down. And then I actually had another friend who's a copy editor, um, who's more about making sure that they're like, no mistakes, you know, mm -hmm. grammatically everything works. And so um, Betsy and Maya, who also, um, Betsy Thorpe and then Maya Myers, who was the copy editor on it, you know, she went over it as well with me and we, we, we got it to where we wanted it. 
and then for um for doing like the cover and the the design of it you know luckily for me i work in an ad agency mm -hmm. and i've got you know yes. a couple of really really yeah. good art director designers here and uh, they were excited about it and 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 one of the things from my from my advertising background it's always about doing something that people notice talk and talk about and i was very particular about the covers because i wanted something that if someone saw it on a bookshelf they would you know like notice it and like stop for a second and that's why the design of the first one is like with me with i'm upside down on it yeah yeah <laughs> you know which is kind of great odd. shot then, by the way <laughs> uh, that, that was an that, that was an interesting shoot doing that i actually did hang upside down which was um, <laughs> i mean i haven't been on a monkey bar since i was like nine and you know let me just tell you it's um it's hard to do when you're 50. Um, <laughs> So, um, and, and, but anyway, what I was saying about, and, the, and then the second, uh, designing the cover for the second one, we basically just used a, uh, the red background. It's just a, um, yeah. a, a Formica table that's in the office. Oh, and wow. We shot it here at, at Boone Oakley and, and um, Laura Beebe put it together for us, uh, an art director here. Then we had to hire a, a, a second designer to design and lay out the inside as well. Mm -hmm. And so you have to get all that done. And that's, you have to do all of that before you even think about like uploading it to Ingram Spark. Right. And, yeah. you know, and that, and, and dude, if you can get through that website, you can do anything online. Oh, completely. <laughs> anything. You, do you know roughly about how much, it, and again, I know you've had help with your company, but rough investment, like ballpark about how much you spent just to get the book you know, up and running distributed. Um, do you have any idea of what you spent? Um, I probably do. Um, let me think for a second. I'm going to try to add it up in my head. <laughs> it goes into the thousands. Absolutely. Meaning, yeah. meaning like, I don't know, five grand maybe. I'm just guessing. Yeah. yeah, that's that's usually right around where we hear. And it's so funny because a lot of people are like, ah, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to self-publish because I don't want to spend money. And as a traditionally published author, I have spent on my first two books, I probably spent close to a hundred thousand dollars on publicists, on traveling, on just events and things that my publisher didn't cover. So, I mean, the, <laughs> the investment I feel like is so much safer if you're going to self-publish than sometimes being traditionally published because it's, I think it's an investment either way. No, I think if you really want to know the truth about it, I'm sure I underestimated what I just told you. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, oh, way, yeah. under, yes. uh, way under, way under, way under, that was, that was the answer that I would give Claire, my wife. Oh. Yeah. Oh, 5,000. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a very safe number for, yeah. for something like this. But uh, think, let's just say it's more than that. I'm sure yeah, when you're completely. talking about publicists and I'm like, yep. yeah, oh, right. yeah. Oh, I forgot well, about that. this brings about a really good question. Um, you know, or well, I'll topic. decide if it's a good question. Yeah, you decide. I'll <laughs> post it to you, and then you tell me. I'll refer to it more as a topic of discussion. Than okay. A question. But I, but I I do think Rhea and I talk a lot about uh, on the podcast and with clients as well about the merits of going of uh, uh, pursuing traditional publishing or or self publishing because obviously with self publishing you've got a lot more freedom but you got a lot more responsibility. Now you you know it sounds like you really went all out with and you had resources at your disposal to hire kind of a team to put the book together. Once the book is together, did you also hire a team to self help you self to help you promote? Did um, you hire outside help? Well, let me put it to you this way. 
Um, and that is a good question, by the way, Joe. I will I'll give you major oh, props. It's one of the best ones <laughs> really, so far. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay, good, good. Yeah, I, you know, I realize that when people say that was a good question in an interview, they're actually just stalling trying to think of something to say <laughs> as the answer. And it's, a it gives, it's actually a really good technique. It's a really yeah. good There you go. Yeah, and now I've talked so much, I don't even remember what the question was. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just kidding. Publicist. Uh, yeah, hiring a publicist. You would think, and, and most people would think that like a guy who like has made his living for the last like right. 25 years, yeah. promoting yeah. stuff, selling yeah. biscuits or selling destinations. And like, it, it, it's so different. When it's you. To, when it's you, you're yep. promoting your own stuff. It's, it's so personal. It's so different. And you can't, it's just weird. You're not wired to say, Hey, look at me. Aren't I great? Read my stuff. It's so funny. It's the best ever. You know, you got, you know, it's really hard to say that. Yes. And you know what? Probably most writers don't totally believe it's that great. And if they are, they're full of shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I think anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're always, at least me, I always have that, that doubt. But, um, but, but I think that like you have to get someone outside to yes. be your advocate who will, who will go out and, and, and talk to the local press, who will go out and, and, and talk to bookstores and, talk, and get your book in there. So you're not, I mean, you can do some of that hustling, but you can't like do it all. And yeah. a publicist is key, yep. key, key, yep. key. You need someone to push your book and help people. Yes. So who did, who did you hire? And do you feel like that you got an ROI on your investment? Because you know a lot of writers think like, I'm going to hire a publicist and that means I'm going to sell X number of books. And that does not mean <laughs> you're going to sell X number of books. It means that, you know, it, I think that publicity equates to awareness of, of who you are and sometimes, you know, finding your readers and engagement, but it doesn't often translate to sales, but I feel like it's still often worth the investment, but was it, was it for you? It's, it's a very difficult um, uh, equation to get, to get into someone's mind who's trying to sell their book. And because there's a different way of selling your book. First, you sell it to a publisher or you decide to self-publish that you're, you're, you're wanting to sell your book. You also have in your mind, man, I've got to, you know, I've got to like get back my five to $10,000 investment. I've got right. to get that back, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and so right. you want to sell books and you're like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm hiring a publicist who's going to get me out there and like have an article in the, you know, Charlotte Observer or my hometown newspaper or whatever it is. Is that really going to sell books? Not necessarily. And what it does though, is like you say, Rhea, it, it, it builds awareness and it starts to build something which I think of as brand, the, the, the author's brand. So yeah. people start to know who you are and that you wrote a book or you wrote two books and you're going to write a third book. And it's, it's, it's an interesting thing that you are building your own brand. And, and it sounds odd. And all you want to do at this point, once you self-publish and you've invested, you want to get your money back and you want to make money on it. I think that'll come in time. And, Absolutely. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's it's very well worth investing in, in a publicist. Can I ask this question? Because this is a hot button issue for Rhea and I. Are you, uh, in terms of promoting the book and promoting oh, yes. your, your brand as an author, are you, are you active on social media? Um, yes. Which, okay. which, <laughs> okay. Um, tell us, and, tell yeah. us more. <laughs> well, it's funny because Joe and I are, you know, 
when I launched, when I, my debut came out in 2018, I was kind of anti-social media, but no one knew who I was in the fiction world. And I poured, you know, all of my resources. I picked Instagram and, and went deep and, and, you know, built up a decent organic, um, following, but you know, today with publishers, you know, you don't have this like pressure on you being a self-published author. It still definitely matters, but publishers care so much about your following and your author platform and, and all of these things. And it's become the author's job to be their own publicist, to be their own sales and marketing team, to be a social media wizard and spending, I feel like 80% of your time marketing your book and 20% writing instead of it being flip-flopped. So I feel like there's so much pressure to consistently just live like on social media and constantly be promoting, but we're trying to find ways for our authors and, and for us to, I don't know, kind of like flip that script. I feel like social media is going to change in the coming years. And I, I don't think we can rely like a hundred percent on it, but I'd love for you to talk about your, your experience with that. It's been an interesting experience because it's almost, it's, it's very similar to about like about talking about yourself because yeah. I, I will say, you know, I've, I've had an Instagram account for a while. I've got, um, I have a decent following on Twitter mm-hmm. and it's really based on being a creative director at an ad agency. And it's a sure. lot of like um, advertising people you know, around that, let, that follow me and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it, it's so weird if you go out and say, Hey, I wrote, you, know, you make a book announcement. You say, Hey, here's the cover reveal here. Yep. I'm announcing that, you know, like just when you thought 2020 couldn't get any worse, I wrote a book. You put that stuff out, but like, <laughs> and it's funny. <laughs> it's good. Uh, and they laugh. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but, but then it's like, once you do that, how do you follow it up? I mean, do you, yeah, exactly. Like, do you exactly. keep, do you keep like talking about yourself? it doesn't, it just, it's so counterintuitive to do it. And I shy away from it. Sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, I've I've done my book launch. I don't want to like keep talking about my book. I want to talk about our dog or something. Yeah. Well, exactly. And I think, you know, that's why publishers were trying to get you to do the how to books because you're solving a problem that way. And sometimes when you have a collection of like funny stories or again with me writing novels or who, you know, you're not solving a problem. There's no, like you got to buy this book right now or else or else. Right. Right. So yeah, it becomes, that's where I get stuck. I'm like, well, here's another post about, you know, about a book versus really focusing on engaging with your audience. It can feel, I don't know, like trying to get that equation just right. It, it can, it can feel a little frustrating. It, it, yeah, it's, it can definitely be frustrating. And like, how far do you go with it? I mean, right. you know, exactly. if you, do you, yeah. you know, I, I, know, I didn't do an author page on Facebook. I just, I, you know, yeah. I've got to, oh, I, good for you. No, yeah, I, totally. I just, I didn't want to do that. And, and, you know, it's weird. It's like, you know, I've got to, I think my website's pretty good, but I don't think yeah. a lot of people go to it to be quite honest about it. I feel like people find me on um, Instagram or, or, or sure. Twitter. Yeah. Do you have a newsletter? Do you do a newsletter? Okay. No, but I just started doing it. I started, That's I mean, I've, awesome. got, I've got a lot of addresses and I started sending stuff out about a month ago. And just, you know, basically saying, you know, I mean, asking little things like, thanks so much for coming to the book launch. And, and yes. we, we had to do it like a, a um, you know, a, a socially distant book launch. So we did it yeah. at, a, at a brewery near, near um, our office here in Charlotte. And, you know, you know, a 
a fair amount of people came, but it, we had to do it outside. And it was, so I sent, I sent an email to the list of people who came to that and basically said, thanks so much for coming. You know, you've had, you know, you've had the book for several weeks now. And I'd really appreciate it if, if you liked it to leave a review on Amazon or on Absolutely. Goodreads. You know, and, you, and, and it's so weird to ask people to do that. <laughs> it, I, well, it is, but I mean, it's, it's also super, super important, but yeah, that's the thing. It's, you, you feel like you're constantly asking. Um, and that was going to be my next question. That's so awesome. You actually got to do a, an in-person launch because I, I too launched a book in August, which was, you know, I highly recommend everyone launch <laughs> a product this year because <laughs> Totally. <laughs> exactly. um, it's the worst. It is the worst. I mean, I had an in-person tour planned and, and, you know, every a different city, every day for two weeks and everything of course got shot to shit and everything yep. became virtual, which was, you know, cool in some ways, like, you know, not having to get dressed completely <laughs> from the comfort yeah. of your own home, but take us through, like, did you do any sort of tailored launch um did you do virtual events were you did you have anything planned with your publicist like what worked for you what didn't um in the light of the the lovely pandemic yeah the pandemic has been a real um yeah whatever i'm not gonna get into that it's like yeah you know, oh it's, god it's, 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 yeah, yeah. Whole, <laughs> i know so yeah. <laughs> it's been so weird it's like even like you know we talked about maybe like delaying the um release yeah. of the book so after it was over and just, you know, I'm like, I can't wait like a year to do this. I mean, I don't sure. want to wait. So let's just put it out and let's see what happens. But, um, you know, we did the in-person launch here in Charlotte, which was great, which was, we were even questioning whether we should do that, but it was outside. It was perfect. No, we also, great. yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, with the first book, we, it was so cool because we did this, we did the launch, we did like book signings at books, bookstores, like kind of independent bookstores all over like North Carolina. And we did this into South Carolina. And then with my advertising um, connections, we were going to like different ad clubs and doing luncheons. And it was so great because, you know, if you know, they're asking you to come speak at, at lunch and I said, oh, I'll come speak if you, um, if you agree to buy 50 books. And it, everyone would do that. It was amazing. so great. It That's was awesome. Yeah, so none of that happens now, right? The yeah. good old days. That was the, oh. the glory days of a book launch. <laughs> oh my God. Salad days. It's crazy. I mean, but that, but you know, you said it earlier and it does take time. This is a long game. I mean, the cool thing about your books are, you know, you can, you can promote them and sell them forever. It's not like you have to promote oh, them. Oh, do I have to do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, isn't it funny? I mean, I, I feel like most writers are very uncomfortable with the self-promotion part. And I mean, writers used to be just writers and now it's, you know, you do have to be a sales person and you do have to promote and push a book if you want it to sell. And there's such a disconnect to me between that, between the creative process and also then having to treat it like a product and treat this like its own separate business, because it is, um, uh, you know, most writers I know like that, they don't really want to do that part. And, and that is tricky if, whether you're going to self-publish or traditional publish, it's, it's all kind of on the author's shoulders. It, it, yeah. it, there's so much, it, it is so much harder to me to market a book than yes. it is to write a book. 100%. And writing a book is really hard. I mean, it, it you put so much into it and you, you do that, but then you've got it done and you're like, okay, how do I get it out there? And how do I get it in front of people? And, you know, so, you know, I, our agency, our ad agency is Boone Oakley here in Charlotte. And, you know, we're like, 
20 people, okay, mm -hmm. and we have some, some interesting clients and stuff, I've realized that Nobody Eats Parsley is a huge client for us and a huge client, not in revenue, but yeah. in freaking time. I mean, I spent so much time working on like, what am I going to do next for this book? Can we get into oh, yes. books in Davidson? Can we do a, like a virtual event with those guys? Is Park Road Books going to do a virtual event? How do we set that up? There's so much time involved in pushing your book after you write it. It's, it's, mm -hmm. you, you really have to be committed to do it if you want it to be a success, I believe. Oh, I mean, a hundred percent. It's just, it's, I feel like it's, it's its own full-time job. And, you know, if you're traditionally published, you have about six weeks of your in-house team working on your book before they move on. And then so many writers feel like a deer in the headlights. Cause it's like, well, what do I do now? And, you know, they, they don't have that plan ahead of time. And you also can't dictate if people are actually going to buy your book, I always joke that we can get clients to drop $10,000 on like a book proposal that we offer, but it is so hard to sell a $15 product, like to, to get someone to just like click a button and spend $15 on a book. It, it just baffles my mind that it's, it can be so difficult to get people to buy books. It um, is because especially books like, like I no one, it's not curing cancer. It's sure. not telling you how to sure. do anything. It's not like doing it's something with you. Yeah. It's just like, it's just, Hey, spend. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah exactly. It, it's difficult. Yeah. It is completely. So like, uh, I mean, I know you just launched a book, but what, what is the, what's the future for you as a writer? I mean, have you, thought about maybe diversifying a little and writing like lending your talents to other genres or besides you know uh you know you you do the the humorous essay like your you know and your your slice of life is so effective but have you ever thought about writing uh you know a traditional fiction book or something like that you know, Joe, I, I I haven't man I haven't I don't as I said before I don't think I have the attention span to write yeah. a whole book. I, I don't. You could try it. You could do short chapters. You could do yeah. Chapters. Yeah, one page. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be crazy. You have the world's shortest novel. I like. Yes. It. <laughs> oh, I think yeah. you could do it. I mean, yeah, me too. But you, you have such a great lane that you're, you're already kind of like in. So it's if it's working for you, you know. Well, I think it's interesting talking about you know what your what your future as a writer as a you know as a as a book writer as an, an author holds. Only because, you know, earlier in, in the conversation, I, I loved when you were talking about, you know, why you started to do it anyway and how there was, it was more about you and more about your desire to do it, more about your desire to have something to share with people than it was as like an agenda for you. Um, but I am curious that, you know, two books, uh, some success there and you're really good at it. So yeah, I'm just curious what, uh, what the path forward looks like for you as an author. Well, I, I'm very curious too. I don't know yet. I really don't know, but yeah. I will tell you this. One of the things that, that came out of this, this whole, um, I don't know how to explain it. This, this um, journey that I'm on right now with this, I guess it would be was this summer as I, as I'm writing it and I'm like working on like editing and everything. It, it just like hit me. I was like, you know what? I should do an audio book. Oh, oh yeah. yes, you should, yes. 100%. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. So I went into a studio starting, I guess, in um, June, and I have a friend in Charlotte I mean, who 
we, you know, just in radio and doing voiceovers for us and everything over the years. And we talked about it and he goes, yeah, we've done some audio books and, you know, come in and man, I'll tell you going into a studio and <laughs> the first time, the first day into the studio, I, I, you know, I'm going to read my own book. I'm going to do it. And I go in and I'm like, Oh my God, reading your own writing is yep. so freaking fucking hard. Excuse <laughs> it me. It is so hard. That, and I hate my voice. Thank God I can't hear it right now, but man, I don't know if I can listen. <laughs> you to have a good voice. You have a great voice. Very, very uh, approachable voice. I would you say. Do. Well, yeah. I, that, well, I wasn't fishing for a compliment. Okay, actually, I was. There you uh, go. Well, fit, you caught fish. Fish oh, caught. You should, but you should. You should do the audio version of this. I mean, I. I or, well, well, let me tell you, I did it. So we went through and it started out, and it was. It, it ended up being so much fun. I'd go in for like two hours, like once a week, and we try to do maybe three chapters, three or four chapters. And I, I kind of felt like after the first, the first day was a nightmare. I was terrible. But once, once you start to realize that you're just sitting, you know, like I pretended that I was sitting across a table, drinking a beer, telling a story yep. and, and, and you, and I'm just telling it to one person and you start to get into it and you start like, you know, like my aunt Hallie, who's in a couple of stories, I would get into her voice and, you know, you start telling it like you would just be sitting across the table for someone and it got to be really fun. So we ended up doing like, all, you know, getting through the whole book, all 40 stories, getting it recorded. And then it comes time to, and we actually finished all of that before um, we finished the actual book, you know, we, before we finished, before the book was produced. And, you know, so it, then you go into the process of like uploading it and getting it on ACX and on Audible and everything. So, yeah. oh my God, um, let's just say that the audiobook is not out for sale yet because it's just, it, it's just taking forever and it's all up there and they, they just, I, I uploaded it on the 1st of October. Oh, wow. On the 1st of October. And they said it would be 30 days, you know, before they could you know, approve it. And like after 30 days, I'm like, I called them. I'm like, so I haven't heard anything back from you guys. There's no update on the website. And they're like, ah, that's 30 business days. I'm like, oh. oh. So suddenly it's like mid-November. And finally I call them again. I'm like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, so what's the deal? And they said, okay. Uh, an engineer is looking at it right now. We should know in a day or two. They they got back to me and, and said, um, your your book is um, it's great. There's one mistake on it. You need to to fix it. I'm like, oh great. And and basically, I didn't do a conclusion chapter, which basically is say it, it's it's basically 20 seconds to say this is nobody eats parsley written by David Oakley narrated by David Oakley. Mm -hmm. That's it. 2020. Oh what my it? god. So, so that wasn't in it. <laughs> So, so I, we, I went back to the studio, re-recorded re, re that and re-uploaded it. And basically they said, okay, you're back to the, it's like the DMV. You're back to the first of the line. Oh like, my gosh. I know. Uh, I know. So I'm waiting. So 30 more business days? Well, you know, I, I, I'm going to call them again and try to like sweet talk them and say, it's just one little thing. Could you, you know, could you get the oh, same man. engineer to just look at it and, you know, it's Christmas season. I want it out. Yeah, that would be such yeah. a great gift yeah. For, yeah. for people. And they yeah. need laughter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially now. Especially now for the love of God. So let the, me the, ask people, the people who are laughing right now are the people at ACX because they're like, <laughs> oh my God. Killing <laughs> them right now. <laughs> so looking back and like knowing what you know and all of the work that you've put into it and all the work that it takes, if you could do it over again, would you follow the same publishing path um, or would you have, have gone that traditional route? 
I think that if I'd gone the traditional route to begin with and I'd written a how to um, mm-hmm. do creative advertising, I would not have felt true to myself and I think yep. I would not have written a second book. Yep. So I, I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. And honestly, I'm just telling you, I wanted to write these stories because I wanted to get them down before I like got older and forgot them. Yeah. Yes. It's yes. A, isn't that a weird thought? I mean, it's just like, you know, um, you know, sometimes when you're like talking with someone about something you did in college and you're like, Oh my God, I don't remember. Do, I don't remember I don't going. Remember there. what I did yesterday. I mean, I know. I know. That's what I'm talking about. What's What's fantastic though is like that is is that not like the root of why we do all of this? Sure. It's like chronicle and keeping track and like you know build, building our whatever the our our the story of our you know our legacy. It I love that legacy, you say that yeah. because it takes it right back to why why the written word kind of exists in the first place so 100 yeah no i completely Um, agree with that absolutely do do you have any we've got you know we're we're a a company that tries to help aspiring writers become published authors do you have for our listeners any advice that you think a first-time writer needs to know well, first of all, if there's anyone still listening to me, I want to commend you. <laughs> you've made it this far. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so maybe it's one person still listening. And um, whoever's still listening, I'll send you a book. Just send me your name. No, um, I, love it. <laughs> I, I think what I would tell you to do, I mean, what I, what I would just say is like, just keep writing and just yeah. keep doing it. And, and, and if you want to write a book and you feel like you've got it going, you can do it. Like just, just make. You just have to make it happen. You just have to keep, make it happen. Yeah. Believe in yourself that you're gonna, you're gonna do it because you can do anything. Yeah. And and you can. I mean, that's the great thing we say all the time. If you want to be published today, you can be published. There are yep. so many amazing options, but I think that barrier to entry is actually sitting down and writing the book. And and again, Joe and I were talking about this. Like it's like we have an aversion sometimes to finishing something that we start and i I think we live in such a distraction prone era that it's just so easy to busy yourself with scrolling or text messages or emails and and not creating that space like i i literally just bought a tiny home that i'm (laughs) that i'm getting (laughs) that she's moving to in her backyard dropping it at the back of my acre lot and it's going to be my studio and uh, no one's allowed to come in there, but, but me. <laughs> That's cool. That's very cool. I can actually oh, write because I'm, I can't focus in, you know, writing from home. It's just insane with kids and spouses and, you know. No, I know. You know what, actually, I do have a, I think I have a better answer for, for Joe's question about um, what it, or I don't remember who asked it. I'm like, see, see I don't even remember who asked the question. <laughs> yeah, How right. can I remember these stories? <laughs> um, no, but I think if I had to do it all over again and like, do do things differently i would probably get in touch with you guys i mean i'm serious i mean just listening to you guys and you're such a great resource for aspiring writers i didn't know that existed sure i I didn't know that existed i didn't know you you really have to find someone who will help you along and be your advocate and help and guide you through the process you really need guidance i mean you can be a great talented writer but you need someone and like you guys I, I would completely call you guys or, or write hey. you or email you or something. Well, I'm we so, 
glad you said that. <laughs> Thank you for promoting us. <laughs> yes, I, I appreciate it. But no, I mean, that is, that is what it's yeah. all about. It's just giving the information so people can make informed decisions because it's so overwhelming and there's just so much to kind of wade through in this, in this industry and so many options that you're right. You need to have an advocate and someone who's going to like be by your side and, and help you along the and way. And to demystify it a little bit. Yes, completely. Um, you know. It is. Com it's completely intimidating. It's like it I don't is. know how to get. It it's is. so so. It's it's such a maze to get through. But if you talk with people who actually have done it before, and they can like kind of hold your hand as you go through it and push you a little bit, um, yeah, that, that's what that's what I would do. I also loved like because because my my writing or they're they're just story they're short stories. So I, it's very easy after I would write a story. I would also a lot of times I would you want feedback, man. You want. Um, of course uh, you, you want someone to like so I, sometimes i would send a, a story to my sister or i let claire my wife read one or you know one of our kids you know if it's about them and they're they they're it's just funny man or or my good friend renee hodges i would always send her stories and you know she 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 calls me a, a little shit bird which is such a great which is i call my daughter <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you really the little shit bird i like it little shit bird <laughs> Anyway, it's, if, and it's funny. It's like you always want that like approval, and you know, yes. whenever whenever Renee like writes me back and says, "I fucking love that," I, yeah. you know, I'm like, "Good for the next couple of days." You it's know? the best. I mean, yeah. and 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 that's the thing. I mean, just that that to me defines success. I think every writer has to define what success means to them. But when I get emails or messages about you know how profoundly my book affected someone or or made them feel something. I mean, to me, that's, that's it. That's better than hitting a list or, you know, selling a shit ton of copies. It's just really affecting someone. And, th and that's the thing, like, no matter if you're self-published, traditionally published, whatever, your book will resonate with someone like that. And, and it's just, it's such a cool feeling, I think. Now, is it really better than selling a shit ton of copies? Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> you guys, you guys. But it's fleeting. The the sales, the lists, all, you know, the success, that's fleeting. But making a lasting uh, impression on someone is, is great. You know what? Okay, I'll, I'll share something that I haven't shared with anybody else about this process. Okay. Oh, yes, since, please. Okay, since Nobody Eats Parsley has come out, and it came out in, like, the late October. So it's oh, been right, out for yeah. six weeks, basically. I guess five or six weeks. So you go through these periods where like you, there's so many ups and downs at least, uh, and I'm just, I feel like I'm in my therapist's office right now um, telling you this, um, but I, you go through periods where you're so excited about it and like you, you'll get feedback like from my friend Renee and you're like, oh, that's so great. Or I was, um, I was sitting at, at Park Road Shopping Center, I, you know, I was at a stoplight and I got a, um, I got a, a text from a friend of mine in Greenville, South Carolina, who said that they had just gotten the book and were dying laughing over this one um, chapter, the pirate flag. And mm -hmm. it, I was so excited. And that excitement lasts for, you know, you know, a couple of hours, but then yep. you go into like, Oh my God, I haven't gotten a review on Amazon in three oh, days. You know, oh my God, my sales numbers have dropped to 189,000, you know, on, on whatever, <laughs> yeah. like whatever, whatever it is, you know, you're like, Oh my God. And you forget about that. And you, you, sometimes you focus on the negative thing that like hasn't happened. But what I'm, I'm trying to do is like kind of keep this little journal of like when people respond to it positively and how you feel about that. 
and it really makes it, it's so great it's so it great is. getting feedback on your work well completely and i mean i think we're as writers we're so tied to the outcome of something to the reviews to the sales numbers to all of that which is yep. so out of our control so yeah focusing on the positive feedback that you get i know it's so much easier to post or to focus on negative reviews or yep. you know that that kind of stuff sticks with you but i wrote an article after my first book came out came out about having like post launch depression i mean i went deep into depression after my book came out and like all these awesome things happened and then it was just back to status quo like it yeah. never even happened like i it just didn't matter so it's such a roller coaster of emotions but i think that's so smart to keep a little you know, to keep a little log of, of good things that are happening along the way, because so much of it is out of your control. Dude, I've never heard that post-launch depression. I have to, I have to oh. look up that article. Oh, I'll send got, it to you. Yeah. yeah send it, it, was, to me. it was like really managing my expectations about launch. Cause I was so naive and just had all of these <laughs> like things that I thought were going to happen. And you know, some of them did, but I, it happens after every book. It's just like this kind of well you, yeah. well, you put so much work into it and then the whole, and then it's like, oh my gosh, it's over. Yep. And, you know, I, Oprah hasn't called. Yeah. And, exactly. you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, I'm not called. Exactly. Well, that's what we equate though. Like you're not successful unless you hit the times, unless you're part of Oprah's book club or Reese's book club or, and that's just simply not true. It's just what society has kind of deemed. This is what it means to be a successful author. And I think there are so many different degrees and you get to decide as the author what success means for you. And we really talk a lot about that with our clients and making the right decision between what publication path to go down is define that first. And so many people will say- Define your version of success. Your right? version. Yeah. But so many people shoplift other people's definition of success. And once we dig a little bit, we really kind of curate their own, you know, their own idea of success. And it, it really changes as the process goes along. And I think it's just really important to stick to your why, like why you're doing this in the first place. And again, why you didn't go with a traditional publisher because they wanted something different than what you wanted to write. And I think that's such a brave thing to do. And, and two amazing books came out of it. Um, and for all our listeners, look up David Oakley's books. Why is your name upside down? Nobody eats parsley. Buy it, review it, and yes. tell him how fantastic <laughs> it is so he can feel good for another two hours. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, thank you so much, David. We so appreciate your, your time. And I feel like you gave so many writers just great advice on this crazy journey. Well, Rhea and, and, and Joe, I just, I don't know what to say, except thank you for having me on here. And I really, really enjoyed um, laughing with you guys and talking <laughs> and hopefully um, I, I, I can help somebody. If anyone wants to talk to me personally, they can just text me or, I mean, text, uh, email me at David at David Oakley. And um, I'll be glad to talk to them about how, how, how to, I'll, I'll be glad to tell them to go talk to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thanks Perfect. So much, David. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Right Way Podcast. 
don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment and help us continue to deliver the content you want and need. And for more information about RightWay, visit rightwayco.com to get more info on all our editorial and developmental services and sign up for our weekly newsletter where we'll be sharing exclusive content, access to digital courses, and offering proprietary resources for aspiring and established writers. 